Good evening, and welcome to Transforming Lives, the radio ministry of the Biblical Counseling Institute of Garrettsville, Ohio. I invite you to stay tuned for the next hour for a live discussion providing biblical answers to life's questions. Here now is your host for tonight's edition of Transforming Lives. Good evening, listening audience. This is Joe Propri, the director of the Biblical Counseling Institute and host of Transforming Lives for tonight's program. I'm joined with my good friends, Gus Supan, Armin Tiffey, and Glenn Dunn, all pastors, all biblical counselors. And between us, we have uh, quite a few years of experience of using the scriptures and the scriptures alone to help people radically change their lives, find increased hope for difficult situations, and uh, basically find themselves transformed by the power of God and his Holy Spirit. We believe the scriptures alone are sufficient to handle the problems of life that people struggle with, the kinds of things that people go to counselors for, the Bible has the answers for. And tonight's topic is part two of our program of a couple of weeks ago, which is hope for homosexuals. One of the things we pointed in the, out in that program, if you were listening, uh, was that uh, homosexuals really can change. And we're not here to bash or to make fun of or anything. We're here compassionately with the hope that God offers people of with any kind of problem. And we're just focusing on that particular one. We're not here to say that anything's far worse than, with homosexuality than anything else. Uh, as we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, we're uh, we're just as opposed to adulterers and fornicators and liars and even the greedy and all those ta- all those categories that the Bible mentions. Woe to you who do these things, for you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I'm thinking of First Corinthians six right now as I'm addressing that, and I'm going on to read from that. Uh, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, or revilers, or swindlers, swindlers shall enter the kingdom of God. Now listen to verse 11. Such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. And as we addressed that early in the program two weeks ago, guys, you'll remember how we said that the Corinthian church clearly had people in its congregation who used to be homosexual, used to be fornicators, used to be drunkards and greedy and all those different things that that we read then. And now the Apostle Paul says they they are no longer those kinds of people at all. That's radical change, isn't it, guys? Amen. It's it's amazing that someone who uh, in today's thinking— could be labeled by a particular lifestyle, uh, our culture is saying that's just the way you are. There's nothing you can do about the way you are. You can't help the way you are. And we're going to talk about a little later in the program how people do develop into those different kinds of lifestyles. But the Apostle Paul says, regardless of what people say, you don't have to stay that way. If those labels apply to any of our listeners tonight, we're here to encourage you whether you're a drunkard or a liar or a homosexual or a thief or whatever one of those categories fits you. And you look in the mirror and you say, boy, that's me. And I, I, we're hoping that you hear us. There's a warning for you first. The bad news is you're on your way to damnation. Mm. But the good news is there's hope for you in Christ. Mm-hmm. You were that way. You've been washed. You've been cleansed. And you've been sanctified by the Holy Spirit. You know, we pointed this out, uh, too, last week, Joe, and I think one of the important things to point out from 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 9 is that phrase where Paul says, do not be deceived. Yes. And and I think this this is an area where there's a lot of um, deception, particularly in our day, about um, even in, even in within the walls of the church— about this matter of a functional faith, what we could call a functional faith, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's a, it's a it it lends itself to much of the way that the gospel is presented today, to much of the way that um, w- it pulpits present Christ today, and mm-hmm. it's this idea of in, in the terminology, it's this matter of easy believism, mm-hmm. you know that that I can I can take Jesus as my savior. But I'm not required to take him as my Lord. Yes. And the wonderful thing about what Paul says here is don't be deceived by this. There is hope that if Christ is your Savior, he is your Lord. The old is gone. The new has come mm-hmm. because you're in Christ Jesus. And, and the emphasis is not just you're being deceived about things relative to homosexuality. Being deceived about all sorts of things 
in our lives. Right. Let me say it this way, Glenn, uh, piggybacking on what you're saying. Um, there are a lot of people who are preaching that easy believism and connected with that message. I'm sure you'll recognize this is, is the component that says, listen, God loves you. Mm-hmm. God <laughs> loves everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, he's not against you. He's for you. And so, therefore, God understands what you struggle with. Mm-hmm. And it gives the impression, that kind of preaching gives the impression that a person who is trapped in one of these kinds of lifestyles can say, well, uh, yes, I feel uncomfortable with it, but God understands mm-hmm. and he loves me. But we have to warn people who who are uh, claiming to be Christians and taking great comfort in the fact that the Bible does say God loves them by reminding us, and I don't want to start the program harsh, but the truth sometimes can uh, disturb us. And the truth is that God sends people to hell that he loves, mm-hmm. you see. And and make no mistake, and that's why he said, don't be deceive, deceived. Mm-hmm. You can claim to be a Christian. You can say that God loves you. But the scriptures say, if you live these kinds of lifestyles, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Now, you, I don't know how you can twist the scripture to make it sound like you'll still get to go to heaven just because he loves you. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't really want to stay there yet. I want to say that there's hope. Obviously, there's hope. And and let me just say to that 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 that, that Solomon speaks to that in Proverbs chapter twenty-seven of verse six. Mm-hmm. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, mm-hmm. but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. I mean, one one of the most loving things that God can do for us is to convict us of our sin and tell us the yeah. truth. To tell us the truth about our sin, mm-hmm. and it's not just. If if a person struggles with homosexuality, it's any mm-hmm. sin, mm-hmm. you know the the matters of, and this is why we would. Def- I think one of the first things we would say tonight is that if anyone is struggling with a life dominating sin, mm-hmm. or and, and certainly we would qualify homosexuality in that arena, the first thing we ought to do is to check as to whether or not we are truly born again, mm-hmm. whether yes. or not we have that kind of relationship to the Father through Jesus Christ the Son, mm-hmm. that Jesus describes in John chapter 3. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is, to, I think, for us to say, and I know you've already said it not to be harsh, but it's the most loving thing that we could do to tell somebody, look, the way that you're living is a way that the Scriptures say is sinful, right. and, and God has given you the answer. Mm-hmm. I once somebody asked me, and I, and I think it was more like the Pharisees asked Jesus some questions. Mm-hmm. And, and, Trapping him. Yeah, at least that's the way that I... I took this, and somebody said to me uh, once, well, Pastor, doesn't God love us just the way we are? Mm-hmm. And I said, yes, God does, but he doesn't want us to stay just mm-hmm. the way that we are. Exactly. Amen. See, that's I was I was going to just say that myself. Yeah. 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 Oh, you were not. I was. Okay. Honest, honest to God himself. <laughs> there's no, there's no hope. <laughs> when we're talking about hope, there, there's no hope unless you realize who we are. That's in right. God. We are sinners, you know, and... Mm-hmm. Um, and unless you understand that, if you think we ha- if we think that we uh, genetically have a disposition towards something uh, that makes us sin, uh, there's no hope in that. Mm. There, but there's hope when we realize who we are, and that through, and then understanding who God is, having a knowledge of God, that God does want to forgive our sins mm-hmm. and cleanse us for, of our sins and justify us in His sight. Uh, and uh, so there's there's hope in mm. that. Yeah. So it's it's not an act of bashing. It's not an act of harshness. It's not an act of, of 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 approaching someone and 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 singling out per se a particular sin to the extent it is to say that we we would talk like this tonight if the program mm-hmm. was based on people who struggle with uh, anger or people who struggle with fear or people who struggle with panic attacks. Or, that's right. Sure, whatever. And the we thing have is. some of those programs that's, already. That's right. <laughs> that reminds me, if you would like to hear something from our previous <clears throat> programs, they are stored for you, archived on our website, www.bci-ohio.com. You can uh, get to that website and uh, download for free our past programs and listen to what we have to say. And what we believe the Bible says about various kinds of problems and uh, encouraging you from the scriptures of how they are sufficient to help you resolve those problems. But we are talking about homosexuality. Joe, before on you go on, program. though, let them know that the week before this was when the first part of this this yeah, uh, two uh, weeks ago. topic was that you right. might want to 
go there and select that one to that get we, the precursor. Right. You can hear what we, uh, how we introduced the topic mm-hmm. uh, just two weeks ago on the website. Now, by the way, we are live tonight. We should let you know that. If you'd like to call in and discuss this with us, if you disagree with us, you want to uh, ask some questions, maybe you do agree, our toll-free number is 888 677 9673. That's 888-677-9673. If you missed that just now, have a pencil ready. A little bit later, we'll repeat that number uh, various times throughout the program. Now, I, I brought the, brought us to that scripture, and we've, we've uh, amplified on that together in 1 Corinthians 6, where here are people in a Christian church in the early days of the church who clearly were well known for their non-Christian lifestyles. And then now they're clearly known to be radically different. They have changed. The, so the Bible says homosexuals can change. That's hopeful. But I'm going to read something that it's, uh, comes from the secular world itself. Uh, here's the title of an article from uh, just about three years ago. Respected psychiatry professor's study says gays can change. And the report concludes, this comes out of New York, Dr. Robert Spitzer of Columbia University has changed his mind. He's reconsidered his position after encountering individuals who had left the homosexual lifestyle, and he's petitioning that the homosexuality uh, uh, issue be reconsidered. Now, what's exciting about Dr. Robert Spitzer, many of our listeners may not know this, but he was the leading figure in 1973 to change the decision by the American Psychiatric Profession, the American Psychiatric Association, to take homosexuality off the list of psychological disorders. He was convinced at that time that it was not a disorder, there was no problem with it, and, uh, and thought that it should be treated as uh, a, a normal, natural kind of lifestyle for certain people. Previously to that, the Psychiatric Association had considered homosexuality a disorder. And since 73, which, by the way, some Christian listeners might remember, that's the same year prayer was uh, taken out mm-hmm. of schools. It was a, a, a banner year, you might say, for uh, changes of, of the wrong kind, in our opinion. But uh, Dr. Spitzer led the fight uh, to uh, say that homosexuality was fine. It should not be considered a problem, a psychiatric problem of any sort. And from that time on, homosexuality has been looked at by the Psychiatric Association as uh, not a problem for people. There should be no consideration there's anything wrong with them. In fact, the primary treatment, if I remember correctly, for any homosexual who came to a psychiatrist or a psychologist for help was to help them adjust to being homosexual rather than being in conflict personally Mm -hmm. about that. That's their problem. It's not being a homosexual. It's not accepting the fact that you're homosexual. Now, Spitzer has changed his mind, and he's done a study of over 200 subjects, an extensive study, and I'm not going to read the whole article to us, but this study showed changes in lifestyle for five or more years, and it presented his findings just a few years ago. And so a number of people are taking a look at it again. But it's a hot topic. No matter what the scientists or the psychiatrists or anyone else are saying, there's still a strong voice in our culture who refuses to consider that evidence. They believe that it's a hopeless situation. They believe that if you're homosexual, there's nothing really you can do about it. Uh, you were born that way is one of the things that said, and you need to accept it. You need to go on with your life. And not only is that true, and if it's true, then shame on everyone else who doesn't accept it also and uh, suggests, even suggests that you can change. And we're going to talk about how does change happen for people. And when we come back from this break, I'm going to ask Armin Tiffey, the author of a book, the book, you could say, on changing and transforming lives, something like the name of our program. He's going to talk to us and tell us the basics of how to change in general, and then we're going to look about uh, how would, how do we as biblical counselors help homosexuals change. We're going to build on that foundation when we come back. So you stay tuned and you call your friends and tell them to tune in.
Parents are aging. Do you ever wonder who will take care of them? Do you struggle with providing care for your parents or a loved one as they grow older? Home Instead Senior Care can help. They specialize in taking care of seniors in their own homes. In fact, Home Instead Senior Care is celebrating 10 years of being the trusted source of non-medical home care in the Cleveland area. I have to tell you, folks, this is a wonderful and value in-home service. Caregivers actually come to your home and provide assistance with light housekeeping, meal preparation, bathing, grocery shopping, incidental transportation, and so much more. At Home Instead Senior Care, the goal is to help seniors remain independent in their homes while providing peace of mind to their family. Caregivers are thoroughly trained, screened, bonded, and insured. Assistance is available 24 hours a day, every day of the year. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1-800-942-7558 or visit the website at www.homeinstead.com, your go-to company for elder care. So I was having my coffee the other day and I wondered, what's so special about Cornerstone Bible Fellowship? Is it the family-like environment, the Christian development classes geared for all ages, or the fact that Cornerstone Bible Fellowship believes both in the inerrancy and the sufficiency of the Bible? Cornerstone Bible Fellowship is committed to preaching, teaching, and counseling from God's Word. I've heard testimonies of how the biblical counseling ministry of our church helped my friend with her panic attacks, helped one believer with his anger and another who struggled with worry, all by giving them solid biblical principles to help them defeat these sins in their lives. It's amazing. At Cornerstone Bible Fellowship, I'm learning that I have everything I need to live a life of victory and godliness. It's my prayer that we will reach even more people with the good news that the Bible is sufficient to meet our greatest needs. Cornerstone Bible Fellowship is currently meeting at Remington College at Great Northern. For more information, call 440-617-0002 or visit us on the web at cbfministry.org. We're back here with you on Transforming Lives. I'm the host, Joe Propri, Director of Biblical Counseling Institute, sponsoring this program. I'm with my good friends, Gus Supan, Armin Tiffey, and Glenn Dunn, all pastors and all biblical counselors. We're here talking with you about homosexuality and the hope there is for homosexuals to live radically changed lives. And um, if you would like to call us, our number is 888-677-9673. We're here live, and we'll be glad to take your call. You can ask questions. You can make a comment. You can give a testimony. You could even disagree. That's fine. We would love to have you call. And we do have, for our callers tonight, a free booklet called God's Promises, God's Little Promise Book. If you call and you were willing to leave your name and address, we'd be happy to send you a free little book that uh, gives you promises of Scripture, and they're categorized in different kinds of topics that are very, very helpful to you. Now, just before the break, I promised you that we would be talking about this aspect of changing for homosexuals and, mm-hmm. and mentioned that uh, there are people who are convinced a homosexual cannot change, and they're usually born that way or something else. It's genetic or whatever. We'll talk about some of those responses we have to those challenging charges a little bit later. But what we want to do is introduce to you the concept of change from Scripture. And uh, Scriptures do talk about how people are to change. And uh, this might be totally brand new to, to many of you. So don't just think about homosexuality as we talk about it. Uh, think about any kind of thing that needs to change in your life or your friend's life. And uh, Armin Tiffey, who's written a book called uh, Trans- Transformed, Transformed into, into His, his Likeness, likeness on, by Focus Publishing, is going to uh, give us a general overview of how the Bible teaches people to change. But just before he begins, we we must let you know that we're building we're building this on the assumption that you have Christ in your life yes. because a change change that might be done for people that aren't Christians uh, the bible regards as simply outward change difficult uh, situations can be faced in different kinds of ways but the nature of who we are the nature of us as a beast you might say we're still who we are we've made some adaptations but we really haven't changed so all of us would agree amen brothers that Mm. change begins when christ comes in and then by his power begins to change us armis where does it go from there armin yeah and that's that's an important point that uh conversion begins a process and that process is called sanctification 
And uh, the Bible tells us Romans chapter 6 is extremely important for progressive sanctification. Every Christian should really do their study on that particular chapter because it just tells us how our, our identity in Christ, when we, uh, when we came to Christ, we died with him to the old way of life, we were buried with him, and we were raised to newness of life. And it goes on to state that in verse 6 of Romans 6 that we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin or be enslaved to the sin nature. So it's important to understand our identity in Jesus Christ that conversion began a process. We are now free to not sin. And in fact, in Ephesians chapter 4, which I believe gives us the basic structure of the change process in chapter 4 of Ephesians, verses 22 through 24, which my book is based upon these three verses. And, and you'll see this all over. It says to put off the old self in verse 22. Verse 23 says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind minds. And in verse 24, to put on the new self. And uh, now we are able to do that. What is the old self? The old self is our old sinful way, sinful lifestyle, our old desires, our old motives, our sinful uh uh, attitudes, uh, our behaviors and habits and so forth, and we are to, to put them off, just like you would take off some dirty clothes. And then it states that we should be renewed in the spirits of our minds. And this renewal takes place, the spirit of our mind, it means the disposition of your heart. This is, uh, this is the core of our being mm-hmm. uh, that the Bible talks about. G- uh, Jesus said, from, from the heart, what? Proceed the all the issues, issues of, of life. life. Proverbs our words, our... Our, our actions, our behaviors, exactly. our desires. James says the same thing in James chapter four. That is from the, uh, where conflicts come from. It, it, they come from our heart. So our, our, we need to be renewed uh, in our in, in our desires, our attitudes, our motives, and, and uh, need to be uh, renewed. They have to be uh, the same desires as Christ's uh, desires. And then we need to put on the new man. So what? Uh, 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 biblical uh, uh, scholars call this, what this biblical uh, counselors actually call this, is the principle of replacement. Mm-hmm. In other words, we don't break bad habits mm-hmm. like you hear. In other words, our mothers were wrong. And I say this with tenderness in my heart. Oh, bye. When they said, you better break that bad habit, Armin. We don't break bad habits. We replace them. them. Yeah, my mother never said that to me. Or... No. <laughs> a good <laughs> illustration. father. <laughs> <laughs> a, real, a real brief, a good illustration on this would be Think of a patch of property that you have a bunch of weeds coming up. And here's these weeds. Let's look at that as the old, the old, this old self. And what, so what do you do? You pluck out those weeds, okay? Mm-hmm. But those weeds will come right back again if you don't replace those weeds with ground cover or grass or something to choke out those weeds from coming back in. And that's the way it is. We don't break bad habits. We replace them with, with godly habits. Mm-hmm. We don't break bad desires. We replace them with godly desires. Mm-hmm. And that's the way God made us. That's the way he, he wired us up. Yeah. You use the term progressive sanctification. I thought maybe you could explain that for those who might be not familiar with that particular theological terminology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, progressive. It, it, it simply means that when at our conversion, at our, when we were justified, we were declared righteous at our conversion, and one day we will be glorified, we will be made righteous uh, when we're with him with our new bodies. But in between that time, there's a process, and it's called sanctification. We call it progressive sanctification. That, and during that whole time, from conversion until we are with the Lord, until we are with the Lord, uh, we are to grow in Christ's likeness. That's mm-hmm. God's goal in our life. And sanctification is that procedure That's right. that the Holy Spirit is working in us to That's produce right. Christ-likeness right. in us. And right. usually it's a slow process. Whenever you talk you about for yourself there, growing Russ. in Christ-likeness, <laughs> spiritual growth, growth and maturity, we're talking about our transformation, personal transformation, transforming our life, areas in our lives. We're talking about the doctrine of progressive sanctification. Mm-hmm. I like the way you said uh, in the renewed the spirit of your mind, it's the disposition right. of your heart, the inclination of your heart, because it reminds me of Isaiah 53, where the prophet talks about the Messiah being crucified for us, mm-hmm. Lamb of God slain. <clears throat> and right in the center of that, where he's bearing in his body our, our inequities, it says we've all gone astray 
And then it says, what? Each one going his his own own way. way. I take that to be a very theologically profound Mm -hmm. comment because right when the um, crucifixion is being described for the sins of people, it's describing the kernel of what's in sin. Mm -hmm. It's independence from God. Mm -hmm. Doing things your own way. Going your own way. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, really, that's isn't that so true? Mm-hmm. Because, because, you know, when you're, when you're going your own way and, and you do this independent from God, you're making decisions mm-hmm. and, and you d- live out your life the way you want to live it out. Even if you choose to do some pretty nice things, God is not pleased because it was done in independence. And that's why the Bible says all of your righteousness is what? Filthy rags. So it's the independence from God aspect Mm -hmm. of even good deeds, Mm -hmm. which makes them, you see, unrighteous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, Armand, when you're saying uh, changing the disposition of our hearts, you're talking about radical. Conversion is radical. That's why repentance is used. You turn 180 Mm -hmm. and you're going to lean with your heart Mm -hmm. in a completely different direction and and go on to follow God. And he's going to change you. And that reminds us that we're talking about change. You can't just, you can't just, uh, well, you said it, Glenn. He loves you, mm-hmm. but he loves you too much to let you stay, the, let way you stay the way you are, Glenn. Right, right. I, you, you, you just remind me, and I can't think of the, the uh, exact reference, but in the Proverbs it says, where the people, ca- where, the people where there is no revelation, mm-hmm. the people cast off restraint. Mm-hmm. And, and this is the very thing that I think, uh, we face today. You know, we want to do our own thing. Uh, Sinatra's song is the mantra for everyone. You know, we we I want we want to do it our way. And then it's uh, Peggy Lee's. Is, is that all there is? <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> can, can I please? Oh. <laughs> can I say one more thing about Absolutely. about this progressive sanctification? Because uh, Kathy, my wife, and I teach every every year. We teach a, a group of twelve or fourteen people every year for nine months through this topic of progressive sanctification. And one common, one common thing, whenever we talk about this, people are saying, but I, it's just so hard. And, you know, it is hard. It's not, it's not difficult to find out how we change, to understand the Scripture, how we change. Mm-hmm. But it is difficult to, to walk, change. To walk and, you through know, it. Right. Yeah. Romans 7 even tells us this. But here's, a, here's some hope. It's in Romans chapter 6, when it builds up our new identity in Christ. And it goes on to say, now, therefore, since you are... Since you have died mm-hmm. to the old mm-hmm. nature in Christ and you have been freed from its bondage and its draw and its pull, now it says, do not let sin therefore reign anymore. Do not present your members, mm-hmm. the members of your body, as to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. Don't present your, the members of your body. Put that off, mm-hmm. you know, but present yourselves to God as those that have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments of righteousness. So, so don't present your members as instruments of unrighteousness. Put that off, but, put on, but, put, uh, but present your members as instruments of righteousness. So there's the put off, put on again. But, yes. what, but the verse that I think is very hopeful is in verse 19 of Romans 6, where, where Paul, after he explains our whole identity in Christ, then he goes on to state, he says, I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. He says, for just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity, the members of your body as slaves to impurity, mm-hmm. talking about your hands, your eyes, your ears, your, you know, everything about your body as slaves to impurity, he says, to lawlessness, and then he says, leading to more lawlessness, and that the idea here is that sin is progressive. When we sin, it, it, it's like when we say, well, you know, I just do a little bit of sin and then I come back and repent. No, sin will get you in its clutches. Yeah. It's progressive, just like sanctification. But sanctification is progressive. You see, it says just as you uh, just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity, to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness. So now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. So sin is progressive, but so is sanctification. And the hope in that is that once you start living the way God, replacing the old uh, uh, behaviors, the old desires, the old thinking patterns and so on with biblical ones, it becomes easier. That's right. You'll reap. Yeah, that's right. It, It becomes easier. And Joey. if you sow to the flesh, 
it, that sin is crouching at the door. When you say it's crouching yes. at the door, it desires to master you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We sow to the to the righteousness, and we will reap from that. Go ahead, Gus. Joe, uh, I think we all agree, and we, we said it earlier, that this whole process starts in the heart, and we need to define what that heart is. Mm-hmm. The heart is the mind, the will, and the affections. Mm-hmm. And and people don't think of that <clears throat> often as heart. It's it's top, the, our thinking. Mm-hmm. It's yes. how we how we desire things, yes. and it's how we will to do things. That is the heart. That's where this this is centered. Amen. And when we Amen. come back from this break, we're gonna break. We're gonna talk about what's going on in that pre-Christian heart. And why people say, I was born this way. Is there a biblical answer for that? There really is. You need to tune in because you're going to hear something you maybe have never heard before. Call us at 888-677-9673 and we'll be back with Transforming Lives in just a moment. Biblical Counseling Institute offers training in the use of God's Word to help people solve the common problems of life in a fallen world. Whether personal problems or relational problems, the Scriptures give competent counsel for all non-organically caused problems. BCI exists to equip Christians to handle the Bible practically for themselves and others, gently and compassionately, towards solutions that transform lives and glorify God. Various types of training are available. You can come to us in Garrettsville. We can bring classes to your church, or you can take classes in your own home by correspondence. For more information, call BCI at 330-527-4205 or email us at info at bci-ohio.com. That's 330-527-4205 or info at bci-ohio.com. As our parents are aging, do you ever wonder who will take care of them? Do you struggle with providing care for your parents or a loved one as they grow older? Home Instead Senior Care can help. They specialize in taking care of seniors in their own homes. In fact, Home Instead Senior Care is celebrating 10 years of being the trusted source of non-medical home care in the Cleveland area. I have to tell you, folks, this is a wonderful and value in-home service. Caregivers actually come to your home and provide assistance with light housekeeping, meal preparation, bathing, grocery shopping, incidental transportation, and so much more. At Home Instead Senior Care, the goal is to help seniors remain independent in their homes while providing peace of mind to their family. Caregivers are thoroughly trained, screened, bonded, and insured. Assistance is available 24 hours a day, every day of the year. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1-800-942-7558 or visit the website at www.homeinstead.com, your go-to company for elder care. Welcome back to Transforming Lives. Again, this is Joe Propri, Director of the Biblical Counseling Institute, sponsor of this program. And we are live with Gus Soup and Armin Tiffy and Glenn Dunn. And you can talk to us, 888-677-9673. We're talking about hope for homosexuals. We're trying to establish our belief that the scriptures state clearly that homosexuals can change. But we're saying that that's possible only by a conversion experience as God comes into and changes us and brings us into his image. And before we get into the issues of how that change continues to happen specifically for homosexuals, and we thank Armin Tiffy again for his uh, excellent layout of the ground floor of what change is involved. Mm -hmm. You should write a book. You should write a book. (laughs) By the way, uh, Focus Publishing does uh, have Armin's book, which is called Transform into His Likeness. We highly recommend it. Encourage you to get it. Mm -hmm. And if you can't get it uh, anywhere locally, you're not aware of, just get a hold of us here at BCI and uh, bci-ohio.com or email us at transforminglives at yahoo.com and we'll get you connected to Armin and his book. Yeah, I just saw it on the shelves, that rainbow. So they have the book yes. there. Excellent, excellent. Parkside, yeah. Parkside's got yeah, it's, yeah. it's all around. And by the way, I probably should tell you that uh, BCI is a training institution and uh, we're offering training classes in how to help the average believer as well as pastors to learn how to use the scriptures and have confidence mm-hmm. in them to counsel people with any kind of non-organically caused problem. That's where our faith is, in God's Word and His presence in our life. And that's where the hope for the homosexual lies, isn't it? So 
I wanted to address this question now that often comes up and is not often answered in my judgment when I hear people who even take the same position that homosexuals can change as we do. It's a difficult question to answer, and I think one of the reasons why it is because not enough thought has been given to it theologically. And with um, with a little help from my brothers here and, and trying to be careful about theological language, I, th- I want to lay out a possible explanation for this question, and the question is this. I was born homosexual. I never wanted this. I did not look for this. I, as soon as I had any kind of awareness of my own personality or gender or affections or whatever, I was attracted to the same sex. How can you tell me that I'm a sinner, that I chose to do this, that I'm wrong, I need to repent? I had nothing to do with the way I am. Now, that's the way the question can be formed, and it can be explained in other sorts of ways by people who say that. And I want to say, uh, sometimes Christians, and let me apologize for Christianity in general, mm. to homosexuals that might be listening. Sometimes the answers that have come to you that have asked that question that have been harsh or brutal or unthinking or insensitive or not thought through, and you're told, you need to repent, you sinner, you know what you're doing, you're making choices, and you need to stop that. Uh, and in one sense, that's true. You are making choices. But... When you look at the issue, how did I start making these choices? It wasn't my choice to lean in the direction I'm leaning in. I think you deserve a much fairer and more solid biblical answer than what you've been given. And let me give it to you uh, this way. The Bible teaches us that God made man in his image. It starts out in Genesis that way, that Adam and Eve are made. And, of course, uh, those of you who are homosexually oriented in our audience have probably heard the jokes about God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, and they make fun of you. And and I think that's very unfortunate. But the fact is God made Adam and Eve, that was his plan, and they were without sin. Their inclinations originally, uh, their heart's desires, as Armand put it, was to be in the image of God and to be like God. But something happened, the Bible says. The Bible says that sin entered the world through the temptations of the devil And when sin entered the world, that ruined everything. And here's the point. I I can't get into a long theology about this due to radio time. We only have so much much time. But everything fell. Everything of creation fell. Nothing in creation is anything like it was supposed to be. It was designed to be. Trees don't work the way they're supposed to. Fish don't work. Nothing works. I don't work the way I'm supposed to. You don't work. And when you get to the humans, human beings are the highest of God's creation. And our high calling was to represent God. What an incredible thing to meditate on. Wish we had the time to think about that, but we don't right now. When we fell in Adam, we lost our ability to do what God wanted us to do and to image him, to reflect him, to be like him. Our emotions fell. We do not feel correctly. Our emotions don't work right. Would you guys acknowledge that? Have mm-hmm. you guys ever been in a situation where you knew you weren't supposed to laugh? It was a solemn occasion and you had the giggles? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And vice versa. Our emotions cannot be counted on to function the way they should. They're fallen. Right. Our, our choices are fallen. Our inclinations are fallen. Mm-hmm. Everything about us is our thinking, fallen. Our thought processes. Our thought, Due to sin, and that's the key for the homosexual or any other person who says, I don't understand the way I am. I never chose this. It's called total depravity. It's called total Total depravity. depravity. We we have fallen in every area. Mm -hmm. I remember counseling a a fellow who came out of homosexuality a few years back, and uh, he was counseling with me not for help to come out of it. His conversion to Christ was solid. And he had made that commitment. He was living for Jesus Christ as a single man, but he continually was tormented by thoughts and memories and still the inclination and attraction. He would find himself when he had nothing to do cruising the streets and and then worried that it actually make the kind of contact that he used to make. And he knew how to see it, smell it, sense it. He was, you know, that was part of the style. And yet he was dangering himself by practicing that. And he wanted some help for that. Mm-hmm. And he struggled with trying to understand why, as, as a Christian, am I still interested? See? And the compassionate answer is the one I'm trying to give. You who are struggling with those desires, understand that in one sense, it really isn't you and it isn't your fault. It's Adam and Eve's fault. Adam and Eve caused us all to be born in sin. 
And every one of us has inclinations that are not correct. Now, some of us may have homosexual inclinations. Some people have inclinations towards stealing. Some people, uh, I'm... Towards adultery. I was, yes. I, and that's before you even get to that. Think about this. I, I was counseling not long ago, a young boy of nine years old. His parents brought him in. He has been a pathological, they'd say the pathological liar for as long as they've known him. He lies about every single thing, and he says he can't help it. Hmm. It's just second nature. You know, he just does it all the time. Now, why? Why is because he had part of the way his his uh, creation was uh, in his sin was leaning toward lying. We all have inclinations. They don't all match everybody else's inclinations, but we all have the same inclination to sin and rebel against the image of God in us. And homosexuals are inclined in that direction for some reason or another. And I have some ideas of why that might be. But what I am trying to say to the homosexual who says, I never had anything to do with this, you were born in sin. And your sinful nature is in rebellion to God. And that can take many shapes and forms, including in your affections and your desires and everything else. And the cure for that is to come to Jesus because Mm. the original plan for you was to be fully heterosexual because that's what Adam and Eve was. And, um, And even though it's a fight for you, it's really no different the kind of fight than any of us fight when we are inclined toward rebellion in, against God and we're sinning. We want to do what we're inclined to do. And we need Christ to change that nature. And when that nature changes and changes the heart, as Armin said earlier, then you who were inclined toward theft and stealing or lying or whatever it might be, God puts the new art in you and you need to change. You need to struggle with that. But God will work in you and change and take that away from you and make you more like Christ. Christ is not a thief. Christ is not a liar. He's the truth. Christ is the opposite of sin. And so if that affects your affections, which have been affected in the fall, uh, we feel sorry. We should feel compassion for those who struggle in that area because that's difficult too. But the cure for that is God coming into your life and giving you brand new affections so that you set your affections on things above, not on things below. And God will turn you toward uh, righteous living. And though it may be a struggle, as it was for this young man that I, that I counseled some years ago, God gives you victory and keeps you from sin. Glenn? You know, it's just as you're saying this about the disposition of the heart apart from Christ, I think one of the most significant things that we can say to anyone listening tonight is the phrase that you've just said, you need to come to Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's no better thing that we could say to someone. And when we, we think of what Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 15... Verses 18 and 19. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. Mm -hmm. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, theft, false witnesses, blasphemies. These are things which defile a man. And it's only Jesus that can give us a new heart. Amen. This is what the whole term regeneration is. Means or born again, yeah, yeah, to take that which was dead. This Savior who called Christ, who called Lazarus from the dead, is a Savior that can call spiritually us from the dead, and He does so, Amen. and He can do it tonight. Amen. When we come back, we are going to talk about regeneration. We're going to talk about replacement a little bit more, and we want to give you sound hope for the future. Whether you're homosexual or your problem is any other kind of problem that is in rebellion against God, God wants you. To to be different and he can make you that way. We'll be right back. The Biblical Counseling Institute offers training in the use of God's Word to help people solve the common problems of life in a fallen world. Whether personal problems or relational problems, the Scriptures give competent counsel for all non-organically caused problems. BCI exists to equip Christians to handle the Bible practically for themselves and others, gently and compassionately, towards solutions that transform lives and glorify God. Various types of training are available. You can come to us in Garrettsville, we can bring classes to your church, or you can take classes in your own home by correspondence. For more information, call BCI at 330-527-4205 or email us at info at bci-ohio.com. That's 330-527-4205 or info at bci-ohio.com. 
Do you desire to become more Christ-like? I want to make you aware of a unique resource every Christian should have who wants to grow in Christ-like character. Transformed into His Likeness by Armin Tiffey is a handbook for putting off sin and putting on the righteousness of Jesus Christ and will help you identify personal habits and tendencies that are hindering your walk with the Lord. This valuable biblical resource will not only help you identify where personal change is needed in your life, but will also explain how to put off old sinful habits and replace them with new godly behaviors. For more information about this wonderful resource, log on to transformedintohislikeness.com. That's transformedintohislikeness.com. If you'd like to order a copy, call 1-800-656-0231 or ask for it at your local bookstore. Transformed Into His Likeness by Armin Tiffey. Here we are again for our last segment of Transforming Lives this wonderful Sunday night as things are chilly outside here in Ohio. Uh, wherever you're listening, we hope it's warmer, but uh, we hope that at least it's warm in your heart because of Christ. And Christ, as we said, is the answer to all kinds of problems, uh, not just the homosexuals. We all have problems. We all have dominating problems that we need to change, and Christ can change us. Well, in these last few minutes, there's not a lot we can do, but what we thought we'd do is give you just a running start at how we as biblical counselors might uh, help a person who struggles with homosexuality overcome that so significantly that just the same as Corinthians did in that church, they would no longer be recognized as homosexual anymore. Their lives have been changed and transformed and cleansed. And so we are going to hit a few high points quickly, and maybe in a future program we can address those uh, much more significantly with with more time. But first of all, uh, we clearly have mentioned that a person needs to come to Christ, or no real change happens. And Gus, then you wanted to uh, we want to repeat what you were talking to us about the break of what we need to do as counselors. I, I think the first thing we need to do, uh, well, I, as we said in the first program that the first thing we need to do is ask their forgiveness for the way in which we as the church mm-hmm. have treated them, how we have excluded them, how we've become homophobic or what have you, that we have not been able to to get get to understand what they're going through. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to listen. Mm-hmm. We need to listen to them, and we need to ask some questions in our listening. Uh, what kind of things have they suffered from being in? How have they been treated by their family? Mm-hmm. How have they been treated by friends? Um for for such things, has they been raped? What is their how, what what is their current relationship? Are they are they having difficult time with relationships? There's so much mm-hmm. we need to ask them before we can even begin to get to the put off put off process, which we must get to. Yes, but we need to listen to them. Yeah, and the fact is, Gus, and you all know this, that uh, many people have said that the the gay lifestyle really is not gay at all, mm-hmm. and uh, and if the if people would own that that emptiness inside and the ongoing struggle and be honest about it, they would admit that too. Uh, Armand, you had a number of great ideas. Uh, you want to pepper them by us quickly in the sure. next I few mean, minutes? That what, what's needed is what's called the radical amputation. Jesus said that if your right eye offends you, cut, pluck it out. If your left right arm offends you, cut it off. And they need a, a radical amputation. Uh, what they need to do is they need to just eliminate from their lives the things that would stir up you know the lust of the flesh, such uh, such as homosexual associates, and uh, and certain places that you would go, sources of temptation, certain books, magazines, television programs, music, activities, and and so on. That's called mat- radical amputation. And then they need to be engulfed, you know, in the larger body of Christ, and, and its varied relationships mm-hmm. uh, with good, good, healthy, godly relationships, and. And in a small group, they need accountability. They should have a person they can call each day of the week if they're ever tempted. The the act of homosexuality can stop immediately. Mm-hmm. The desire won't. That's It'll the pro- that exactly. that will continue with them yes. for some times, but it will subside in time if there's radical amputation. Yes, yes. And God promises that that change is going to take place. Mm-hmm. He's promised that. Mm-hmm. It's not the, it's not some kind of a wish. It's not some kind of a some kind of a dream. It's it's the, the reality of who Jesus is. And Look on him. There's evidence in Scripture, in Corinth and other places. There's evidence in today's world proven by Christians who are, uh, have changed uh, from homosexuality and um, as well as uh, secular studies are showing that's true. 
Well, listen, folks, I'm glad you've tuned in tonight to Transform Elias. We have enjoyed being together and hopefully together with you. We are here uh, every Sunday night from 7 to 8. Tell your friends about the biblical counseling program here at Transforming Lives. Um, Next week, our guest is going to be Lance Quinn. We're going to be interviewing him, and Glenn's going to lead that interview. Lance Quinn is uh, a well-known Christian biblical counselor. He's uh, president of a group called FIRE. We'll find out more about that next week. He's involved in the National Association of Nuthetic Counselors and uh, just so much more that Lance as a resource can offer with us and be a part of our panel next week. We look forward to that. We look forward to you joining us here on Transforming Lives. You have a good night and may God bless you and draw you closer to him. And uh, also, uh, we want to remind you to tune in to www.bci-ohio.com, where you can find out about the future programs, uh, download the previous programs, and find out where we're training people in biblical counseling across Northeast Ohio. So, there you go, folks. That's really the end now. Have a great, great evening. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Transforming Lives, brought to you by the Biblical Counseling Institute of Garrettsville, Ohio. We invite you to visit our website at bci-ohio.com. That's bci-ohio.com. There you will find information about BCI, our resources, course offerings, and available materials. You may also write to the Biblical Counseling Institute, 8146 High Street, Garrettsville, Ohio, 44231. Your prayers and financial gifts for this ministry would be deeply appreciated. Thanks for listening. This program has been sponsored by the Biblical Counseling Institute of Garrettsville, Ohio. Your love is like the dawn. Holiday cards cost time and money. Why not send a card to everybody fast and free from CrossCards.com? Share joy, love.